guys. Hello, happy Monday or whatever day it is you're listening to this episode. I'm super especially excited about today's episode because we have a special announcement coming. Krista Myers was on the podcast today to talk all things equestrian finances. She is an equestrian bookkeeper for entrepreneurs in the industry, and she has a mission to make equestrian entrepreneurs profitable in their businesses and balance their lives, not give up their identity or burn out in the sport, which of course really closely aligns to uh, this podcast and also what I'm doing with my community. So I actually met Krista last year and we've been working on a project together that we're announcing today, uh, specifically for many of you who have voiced your opinions, concerns, and challenges in the industry while running an equestrian business or aspiring to be an entrepreneur in the space. So that I am stoked to share with you guys. The episode we recorded today was all about money, talking about financial structure. And I know, don't lose me here because some of you guys don't like getting into the nitty gritty of operations and taxes and all that stuff. But I guarantee you, this is extremely helpful for anybody who is thinking about having their own business, running their own business, uh, exploring entrepreneurship, or if you are in the equestrian space in general, there was so many good topics about some of the taboo subjects that we don't talk about when it comes to money in the sport. So This is an awesome episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Welcome to the Spring in Equestrian podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Parr, and this is the place to be for all things equestrian lifestyle, horses, entrepreneurship, and inspiration for all of your equestrian endeavors. I'm here to get your insider's addition to what it's really like having a business or career in the equestrian industry and find out how people balance their passion and their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here with me, so come along for the ride. And I know I've been teasing about an announcement, so here it is. Krista and I have teamed up to bring you guys an absolutely bomb live workshop on March 12th. We're calling it the CECO Clinic to teach you how to be the chief equestrian executive of your businesses and set you up for financial success. This project is so near and dear to my heart and encapsulates everything I've learned not only interviewing some of the most successful equestrians in the space, but also growing my own business and Krista's expertise on the side of financial structures and operations. We're packaging it all together. And today we are opening the early bird enrollment. If you visit www.equestrianentrepreneur.ca, you can find all of the details. We have limited spaces and we wanted to make this a jam-packed experience to take everything we've learned and hand it over to you guys. So here's a little taste of the conversations we've been having around it. I literally cannot wait to see you guys there and any more details I will leave at the end of this episode. the podcast to understand you know how is it that someone can create a business doing what they love and not end up broke and hating what they love to do 
because I, I was there. I, I am where I am because I burnt the fuck out of our industry. I never thought I would be in a time in my life where I wasn't in the barn. I didn't have horses. I wasn't learning. The barn was my escape. I was running away from life, which is so interesting because over time that turned into the complete opposite. There's so many people that always say that, like there was this time that I almost quit. There was this time that I did quit and I had a year up. Well, we all do. We all quit. Like I quit. Something's going on. And then of course, horses drop back in. Eventually, you know, people are like, hi, you want to come ride this horse? You want to come ride that horse? Oh, do you want to help me in my business that I'm starting? And it's completely with horses. And that is how I got back into it. Why can't we figure out, you know, how to make it different? Perhaps we allow people to learn from what we've gone through and they don't have to run away. Continue to push myself so hard into my business that I ended up in the hospital for six months. Put everything into horses and then been absolutely broken to the point we didn't want to be in it. You know, everyone else is doing it. Like, why can't I also do it? And I think that goes with what we were talking about with like the perception of what people are doing versus what they're actually doing. Appear as if you have your stuff together, but your finances are showing you are again in the negative. Hi, I'm not looking at my numbers because I'm scared of what it's going to say. Your finances will literally tell you what is not going right in your marketing. We don't have to sacrifice all of our boundaries. We don't have to sacrifice our bodies stop giving our services and our products away for free. Like had I been doing the podcast and know all the things I know now, I would have been like, you need to just take a step back. It is normalized that we are not making money. Also normalized that we don't spend time with our horses. Build strong equestrians and we can build strong equestrian entrepreneurs without losing our love for horses. What do you offer? Learn how to leverage our numbers. This is how we're going to be able to choose who you want to work with because at the end of the day this hobbyist approach is chipping away at our profit change the way equestrians are doing business in the industry i'm going to help you create a strong and stable business within the financial side of things we have very much the same mission i'd like to thank today's episode sponsor starline equine bodywork the VIP waitlist is up and the course is set to start at the end of March. Stuck Up is an online equine kinesiology taping course for horse owners, trainers, riders, and body workers looking to add to their skill set. VIP waitlist members will get access to all kinds of taping related info and goodies and have first access to enrollment in the course. I have personally had the chance to explore this course and let me say someone who has done many online courses, it was one of the best put together courses that I've done in a really long time. Very straightforward video and explanations for all of the steps of the process and a collaborative Facebook group for anyone who wants to post their progress and get feedback. Student numbers are limited, so grab your spot on the waitlist at starlinebodywork.com. And so I guess first it will be a uh, misconception that because of my Instagram profile, that my name is Books with Krista. And it's actually just Krista Myers, you know, born with it. Um, and so I had a very typical... I think horse girl upbringing where my parents sent me away to a horse camp um, thinking they would get some peace and I return an absolute horse obsessed kid um, who just 
kept up with that well into her 20s. And after catching the horse bug, I ended up going and spending all of my time in the barn. Um, and I'm very thankful for coaches and barn owners that allowed me to work off my lessons and board. Um, but while spending all that time in the barn, I was realizing that we don't actually run businesses. We are barn owners, we are coaches, um, but very seldom are we business owners. Um, and so through my time in high school of taking some business classes, I got really captivated on the side of how can we make equestrian businesses actually profitable. Uh, and while I was still in high school, I thought that was going to be through social media and marketing. Um, and while that is able to bring in revenue, it definitely doesn't bring in profit. Um, so throughout university, I, well, first I went into university thinking I was going to be a vet um, and very quickly turned off of that and went into economics and did another little change throughout it and ended up going in for a social sci um, with a business minor. And I got to put my two um, areas of interest of how humans behave and how businesses work together. And so we really get to link why businesses work from the consumer and the business side of things while understanding why humans buy or don't buy. Um, and so after university, I went into a big girl job, quote unquote, um, and I was in the supply chain. So I started off um, actually painting a building for the beginning of this job. And by the end of it, I was running an entire department of shipping, um, receiving inventory, and also logistics on our projects. Um, as well as aiding in the accounting side of things, because when you do your job, you get other people's jobs too. Um, and so after being in a big girl job that was draining me for a few years, I realized, you know, when I said at 12 years old, I didn't want to work for anyone else that I needed to start making that happen. And I thought that I have some business savvy in me that I've learned isn't necessarily common sense to everyone. Um, and so that is where my bookkeeping business began to bloom. Um, and at first I decided to just go out after anyone that would come and work with me. Um, but very quickly, the horse community would approach me um, just from being in the world for so long. And 98% of my clients were horse girls anyhow. Um, so basically my business was screaming at me to niche down and I did. And it began to feel more purposeful and more like it was able to flow through. Um, so now I am helping equestrian entrepreneurs create stable businesses through their financial operations um, because most of us get into these businesses because we want to spend time with horses, not at our desk staring at numbers. Yeah. And that's a through line, even in this podcast, like all of our interviews, I've had so many professionals on, um, and I've been asking them questions on the business side. And there's many of the same comments and themes that we have about, you know, mismanagement of money and not knowing how to even run a business and learning about actually not just breaking even. Like, I think that's something that we deal with a lot in the equestrian industry. It's like, yeah, you're running an entire 
quote unquote business. And usually you're just making enough to float it. So I love what you're doing and that's how we've connected. Can you talk a little bit about the structure of your business, how it's working right now for you and its mission and your long-term goals for it? Yeah, um, my current structure is I am a one-woman show right now. Um, I have some great support systems, but I am offering services within North America um, for training and as well as full service. Um, because sometimes we want to be able to DIY our books and other times we want to throw the books at someone else to be able to deal with. Um, so that is what I am doing currently. Um, my mission's pretty simple. I want horse people to understand and know that they can choose passion and profit. I turned down a working student position in Florida when it was time to decide between university and choosing another path and societal norms told me I needed to go after university um, I don't regret it but if I could help just one horse person be able to choose passion and profit um, I'm gonna be that that is my mission yeah no and I love that I think there's almost like a stigma around there we have so many different things that we say in this industry like you know if you have horses, you don't have money, all of those things. And it's almost like people are a little shameful around making money in the industry. It's all about like working hard and the grind and the two, four, seven. And like, you know, if you work hard enough, you'll get there, but like, it's not a money-making business. And I think like you and I have had conversations about flipping that on its head a little, because, you know, why can't people make money? live a successful life and also work within their passion. Totally. Um, hustle culture is such a thing that people like to um, boast about. Like this is a good thing, but hustling often leaves us broken and broke because if you are hustling nonstop, you're going to lose sight of your mission. You're going to lose sight of your long-term goals. Um, in my situation right now, um, my long-term goals were reached literally within the first year of business. And I'm now just listening to my clients and my audience to tell me what I should be doing. Um, I have long-term goals where I want to continue impacting. Um, but I also need to be very aware that if I continue to hustle at the rate I am hustling right now, I'm going to burn out. Um, and so I always talk in seasons of hustle. There's going to be seasons of hustle. There's going to be seasons that you sit back and you realize, hey, what am I hustling for? Is it after these long-term goals? If they aren't, we need to stop this hustle. Um, we are working 24 seven. We are continuously burning out. And most of the time we aren't making money to be able to justify that. Um, not saying that money is the justification for all of our hustle. Um, but if we are continuing to throw everything into our equestrian businesses, we need to make sure at the very least we are being profitable. Yes. And it's so, it's such a good point that you make about like at the very least being profitable, because one of the conversations we've had multiple times and just in my own experience in the industry and my own personal experience is that. Uh, we're very reluctant to look at our own numbers 
and reluctant to look at the reality of the numbers because it's such an emotional investment when you're in this industry. So I love what you bring to the table. It's important for people to look at their numbers. We learn how to even make it more enjoyable being in the industry if we actually know what those are. So that's a great point. Do you want to share a little bit about where you feel there's things that have stuck out to you in your business when you're talking to equestrians or business owners? Is there areas where people are under or overcharging or areas in businesses that people really have to look out for how much they're actually spending on things? Okay, this is a good one. Um, I can't give you a concrete answer on where we're undercharging, where we're overcharging, because our industry, we're the Wild West. Like, it's not even with, you know, within Ontario, um, where is our pricing? Our pricing within Ontario is crazy because people are undercharging, people are overcharging. But more importantly, people aren't charging based on what they need to make. Um, what you need to cover your expenses is going to be different from someone even a kilometer down the road. Um, but I can, I see coaches charging all these different co- prices. And my o- always common question is going to be, is what you're charging matching what you're spending? Um, again, being in tune with your numbers, how much do you need to survive each month? How much do you need to thrive each month? And being able to price off of your service off of that. Um, besides coaches and our barn owners, body workers are another wild west. Um, and I think a lot of this falls down into one who we think we are. Um, we often think we are not enough to be able to charge X amount of dollars. Um, for instance, body workers charging, you know, 50, $60 for them to come out and help heal your horse uh, is pretty, pretty low, I think. But we're also, we're, we're dealing with a lot of mindset changes in the industry lately. We're prioritizing our horse's health. We're prioritizing our health a little bit more these days. Um, And so under and over, it's all over the place. I think we need to be more open about what we're charging um, as opposed to being hush and not collaborating on that. Um, Because if we have a unified area which we are pricing our bodywork, our lessons, our training, um, we'll be better off. Yeah. Uh, you touched on my mission with the podcast lately is like getting people to actually talk about numbers because it's frustrating, um, you know, hearing people talk about money, but nobody will talk about numbers. Oh my gosh. And you know what? It's been great because we've had lots of fantastic guests on that. Obviously I'm prefacing the interview and not throwing it at them anymore, but uh, they've been willing to share and help people understand like, where are the numbers coming from? What are the ranges? What does it look like? And I don't want people to be ashamed about sharing numbers. Like we talked about at the beginning and, and you mentioned too, the mindset shift and people comparing their pricing structures, but they're more so really comparing what they think other people will value them at. And that's a huge thing in our industry. And I'm sure in many other industries too, but I love that you touched on that. So maybe we can talk a little bit about 
your own pricing structure and, and your experience with that, like where you've gone through developing your own strategy, strategy around pricing in your business. It's obviously different. We haven't had um, an equestrian bookkeeper on the podcast before. So I think it'd be really interesting for people to hear about. Yeah, totally. Um, so when it comes to pricing within my own business, I look at it as um, what value do I bring to my clients? And so we go off of um, monthly packages. So each of my clients, depending on how much they need of my effort and time, they have a price. Uh, my baseline at this moment is 250 um, Canadian to have you on my roster and me to be a part of your team. Um, it goes up depending on if, you know, what do, how many horses do you have coming through? How many transactions do you have been coming through? Um, so it changes with that, but that whole price gives you access to me as a bookkeeper, a business analysis, um, but also as um, just a business person and guidance to be able to go through your business. Um, I do offer training for our DIYs. Um, and so I've structured that at a value of $350 um, for my clients. They get to sit down and I give to give them all the information they need to do their books um, in a way that isn't confusing. You know, you can go and Google CRA and figure out what you need to be doing for your bookkeeping, but you're going to be spending a lot of time and energy and probably feeling like you want to pull your hair out, dewording what CRA is actually saying. Um, when I look at how I price my baseline, it's based on um, one, how many clients I can serve and also looking at my expenses. So what do I need to be able to keep the roof over my head um, and to spend some time with horses? Uh, so that's how I base it off of. In the beginning, I um, had some, not challenges, but you know, you learn throughout your experience. And so I was often undercharging in the very beginning of my business um, where I am, you know, charging 100, 150 per month and I'm putting in eight hours plus to be serving that client each month. So throughout the year, we learned how to, to better price the services. Yeah, but I think that's, every equestrian entrepreneur too because of course you're just trying to get clients in the door when you start your business and it's very difficult when you haven't kind of walked the walk yet to stand in your own value even though you should inherently you know so I think that's something that lots of equestrians do struggle with um can you tell me your ideas around why equestrians specifically tend to struggle with building profitable businesses. We've talked a, a lot about mindset already. And I know that we've mentioned in conversation, a lot of times these businesses don't start with the intention of being businesses. It's kind of like people fall into it and there's no foundation there. Um, but I was really curious your thoughts around the why. Yeah, um, I have my theory on it and I'm sure most will agree. Uh, we grew up, most of us grew up in the barn. You know, we can muck stalls. We are really good with a broom and we can handle those chestnut mares that really are stubborn. Um, but we didn't necessarily learn how to do our bookkeeping. We didn't learn anything about registering a business. 
we literally were not taught anything within the barn that has to do with business because, you know, you enter through that front door and we are just consumed with our horses. Um, So it comes down to, we don't know business, we know horses. Um, And people who do know business, they have a little bit of an upper hand, but we go into an equestrian or equine focused business. And we're thinking about one, how are we going to get people in the door? Um, And then we get caught up in our everyday routine because we did get those people in the door that we don't have time for our bookkeeping. We don't even know where to start. Um, So I think the fundamental problem is we don't know business, but when it comes to building businesses, we go straight to the horses, um, which isn't a bad thing, but in the long term, you are not setting yourself up for success. That's yeah. And I think a lot of people would agree. I wondered the other question I had around that that's kind of related is, have you noticed any major trends when you're like looking at equestrian finances that, or even just business structures in general that you hope that we can change over time? Anything that's lagging behind normal business structures, that kind of thing? Yeah, there has been an influx of equestrian entrepreneurs in the last year or two years. And I know of a good amount of equestrian entrepreneurs about ready to enter um, into our industry right now, which is amazing. Um, But we still have the fundamental problems of, you know, we're not charging enough. Um, We are not doing our bookkeeping. You go to start a business and we get so excited about our marketing branding, which is important, but we want to make sure that our finances are prioritized the exact amount to our marketing and branding. Um, You know, we are seeing more up and coming equestrian entrepreneurs, but we aren't seeing equestrian entrepreneurs that are prioritizing their finances. Um, Throughout the year, I've been trying to communicate that to um, my following being, we need to, from the get-go, be able to set up your business. Um, And from my side of things, I am seeing more people who are educated, but also interested in what their numbers see. Um, Because I think we are pretty much done with wanting to be broke horse girls. I keep on saying this, that we need to move from being broke horse girls to balanced horse girls or broke horse people to balanced horse people um, so that we aren't struggling from paycheck to paycheck. We have a consistent cash flow. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, and that's kind of why I started interviewing people in the industry out of my own self-interest. Like, how is it possible? that you're making this work or how is it possible that you're supporting yourself and a business and you know what's interesting and that we've talked about too is there's a perception and then there's reality and the perception is that you know look at these people look at these professionals and these business owners in the equestrian industry they look like they're so successful and they're doing so well um the reality is that a lot of people perhaps are quiet about their books and their numbers because there's a problem there. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it, but, and I, and myself included, like it's definitely been a ride having my own business. I feel like this last year was the first year I finally had a handle on my own business. And that's not to say there was not many mistakes made over the course of the last couple of years, 
um, which is why it piques my interest because I want to know what everyone else is doing. Um, and you're that nice little through the window look, uh, trying to get people to look at the important parts, which is the finances. So the other thing that I thought we could maybe touch on was maybe some old or older, I don't even know the word for it, but when I grew up, it was like a lot of paying cash for things in the industry. And there was a lot of people cocking their head sideways if you said you didn't accept cash or like things like that. I wondered if you had any experience with these trends that hopefully over time are like rolling into what is now more of like a real business structure and not just like under the table stuff, especially with horses. Uh, there's lots of conversations about under the table because they're also very dangerous. It's a dangerous job. There's liabilities, all of that stuff. So I wondered if you had to take on that. Yes. Um, under the table. That <laughs> has been such a common question, even within my own clients the last year, um, because, you know, I think we all grew up being like, hi, we pay for our lessons in cash um, simply because our coaches at that time weren't necessarily running a business. They were running um, a hobby because everything going under the table meant they didn't have revenue. They didn't have profit. Um, and so I, I think we can also attribute it to what we're living in with the pandemic as well. Yeah. That cash has like the physical cash has declined. We aren't walking around with cash in our pockets. Um, and so when it comes to the cash mentality of putting things under the table, we say, oh, yes, I can just keep this cash to use it for personal expenses. Um, but what we end up doing is spending that cash on stuff we don't know we spent it on um, and things that we don't need that we spend it on. So I think we're moving towards a trend in the industry where we are actually counting the money that we are bringing in. Um, we aren't trying to hide it from the government because we're becoming educated and we're becoming empowered. So we don't fear the government so much because we know that, yes, putting money under the table is going to reduce how much we're taxed, um, but there's better strategies than that. We can utilize our deductible expenses. We can perhaps even invest in our RRSP, um, which is basically foreign language for most of the equestrian entrepreneurs. Um, so there is definitely a trend from moving cash to e-transfer, cash to credit cards, because we have accounting software that's going to be able to allow you to utilize e-transfers and credit card processing. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit because I think that's what the next point is really speaking to is taxes and how you would optimize your income versus your expenses and what you end up paying in taxes and how that works. I don't know how much we want to go into that, but it is upcoming tax season. And I thought maybe you had a couple points around how equestrians can better prepare for it. Oh my gosh, totally. Um, so if you haven't already started preparing for tax season in January, get on it um, because for a lot of us, our busy season is about to approach with show season, with the warmer weather that you are very likely going to either forget or continuously procrastinate your taxes until the point that you just push it off till next year. 
Um, so some tips for being able to prepare for your taxes. Um, one, go and grab the documents. You're going to print your bank statements. You're going to go digging in your car or in the office folder looking for those receipts that you have. Um, we're going to go through our... We're going to go through trying to look for any excess cash that we collected and never actually put into the accounting software or even within our spreadsheets. So one, we're going to collect that documentation so that we can actually make it make sense. Um, and then we're going to be able to plug it into whether you have an accounting software or you have a spreadsheet. Um, we can utilize those to be able to record your transactions. So when it comes to tracking our income, we often think the government can will be happy with, oh yeah, I made $80,000 this year, or I made $8,000 in August. They are, think of the government as your local gossip girl. They want to know who you sold to, when you sold to them, what did you sell to them, and for what amount. Um, and so we're going to use those bank statements where it says, Jim E transferred me $50 on February 2nd, and we're going to make invoices for those, um, whether that's through a spreadsheet or an accounting software. But hopefully by now we're realizing there's some hints towards accounting software because they're going to save you a lot of time and headache. Um, once we've collected our documents, we recorded our transactions, we're going to move on to reconciling those accounts. Um, and so what that means is we're going to play a big game of match. We're going to match what the bank statements are saying to our accounting software spreadsheet. So this is the step we're going to look for error. We're going to look for perhaps fraud. If there's charges on our account that we don't have receipts for, they're from some random person in another country, then we can flag those. Um, this is a really good time to sit down and look to see where your money went. Um, the next step is pretty important especially in our industry, because I don't think we necessarily do this. We want to digitalize our receipts. So we all carry around receipts in our pockets. Um, we put them in our vehicle. They're all scrunched up. There's coffee. There's possibly a horse manure on it. Um, so what we want to do is take those receipts we have um, and digitalize them. So take a photo, upload them to a drive, take a photo, upload it to your accounting software digitalize them somewhere because if CRA comes walking into your business a few years from now and they ask for receipts and your receipt is empty because it's worn off, um, you are SOL and you will be paying taxes and penalties on that. So do yourself the favor and digitalize your receipts. Um, and then we're going to come down to our last one, which is going to be reviewing our financial reports. Um, and what that means is I want you to look at how much you brought in in 2021 and how much you let walk out the door. And I'm using that term, let walk out the door, because you get to choose profit. Um, and so you get to look, hi, did I choose profit in 2021 or did I just let that horse run loose? Um, and so we can also use those numbers to project within our 2022. What do we think we're going to make? Um, and can we make some budgeting rules? You know, I don't think budge, uh, budgeting is a popular discussion in the equestrian world because we love to freely throw out money to our horses, but set some boundaries for yourself. How much do we want to spend on our, our show season? How much do we want to spend in, in education for our business? Um, expenses are great when they allow us to reach our business goals. If you are spending and is not reaching those long-term business goals, cut them loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. I think for anybody listening that is thinking about jumping in to entrepreneurship or already has a business, those are really extremely helpful tips because there's not like a very easy strategic outline when it comes to how to set your financial foundations for your equestrian business, especially with equestrian businesses, because a lot of accountants don't actually understand what we do. Um, So is there any major accounting mistakes that you see come up that you'd like people to be aware of when they're doing their, I would say, taxes? Um, There's two, and I think they're the same one, but on different spectrums. Um, We often underutilize our deductible expenses, but on the other side, we are writing off a lot of things or using deductible expenses that aren't actually deductible expenses. Um, I think a really big one uh, is if if we have horses, Um, inside our personal life, but we're trying to professionally use them as a deductible expense. So we say, hey, um, I'm putting my horse's board on, uh, I'm using it as a deductible expense because I use them as marketing. You know, I take a few photos of them. I put it up onto social media and we think that is enough to be able to deduct our horse's board from our business revenue. Um, and that just isn't enough. We need further proof. Are you using that horse within lessons? Are you using that horse to be able to teach body work? Um, examples like that, we need concrete because CRA is not going to use the selfie or the photos of your horse and be like, yeah, you're good. You can write that off. Um, But on the other side of things, we often don't write off a horse's board when we are using them in lessons. We're using them in teaching. Um, So when it comes to your deductible expenses, I always want equestrian entrepreneurs to use this statement. I am incurring this business expense with the intent to generate more revenue. So we have an intent to generate more revenue within our business, meaning that expense will go towards our business goals. Um, If you can't say that statement when trying to have an expense in your business and use it as a deductible expense, it's probably not concrete enough. Um, There's other ways to deduct or reduce your tax bill besides being sketchy within your deductible expenses. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great point. I think also the clarity around like what is and what isn't a deductible for people is huge. Um, And that's why having someone who actually knows their stuff to help is absolutely paramount. Is there any um, easy, straightforward steps that people can take to embody in their practices today and change their businesses for the better? Like what would be some of the paramount pillars that you would tell people to take from this episode if they're listening and they're like, oh my God. Because I think what stops people is like knowing that they have a problem in their books. I know for me, I don't like to look at, I used to not like to look at accounts and uh, numbers. It's just overwhelming. Where can people start? And how can they embody those practices just to get a roll on some of this stuff? Totally. Okay. So I'm actually going to do like a two phase on this because I want to touch on what you're saying. Like you used to not want to look at your accounts or your numbers. Um, And so if you are someone that doesn't want to look at their books or look at their numbers, 
first sit down and figure out why. Do you not want to look at your numbers because they're all away in spreadsheets um, and they don't make sense or they take up too much time? Or are we not looking at our books because we're using an accounting software that we're not comfortable with? Um, or are we not looking at our numbers because we don't want to see the mistakes we've made? Be pretty dang clear with yourself. Be honest with yourself. It's not like you're opening up to a stranger. It's yourself. Um, and once you know that issue, then we can act on it. Because if it's you spend so much time in spreadsheets that you don't want to look at your books, okay, well, then I would suggest for you to look at a accounting software to automate and also simplify your process. Um, but on to the second phase of things on what you can take away from this podcast with a simple and straightforward steps. Um, if you are an equestrian entrepreneur or you are, are a up and coming equestrian entrepreneur, please create a financial foundation. So register your business. And if you're unsure what that looks like, there is resources, myself included, that can tell you what business structure is best for you, how to register your business. Uh, and when it comes to business registration, it takes about 10 minutes and $60 on an Ontario government website. Um, it is not complicated. It is only kind of scary because it comes from the government. Um, once you register, I would absolutely imperative. Actually, if the only thing you take out of this podcast is to go and create a separate business bank account from your personal, that's it. Take that away. Um, so registering your business, separating your personal and your professional income, and then creating some type of financial tracking. So whether that's going and signing up for QuickBooks Online or Wave Accounting um, or using a spreadsheet, if we are still in the age of spreadsheets, that's okay. We're not forcing you onto the accounting software, but we need to make up spreadsheets that are easy and simple for you to look at. Um, because if you look at a spreadsheet and you don't know what it's trying to tell you, you're wasting your time. Um, so when it comes to simple steps, go on and register, go on and put, um, we want to, wow, that one was bad. All right. So simple steps is we want to be able to register our business we want to be able to have our separate personal and business income, and we want some type of financial tracking. Yeah. And I think your point about like figuring out why you don't even want to look at it um, is it's hard for equestrians in this business. Like you mentioned, you get so busy with the day to day and invested in keeping things going that you work in your business and not on your business. Um, and we've definitely had that conversation many times and myself included, I mean, there's so many different reasons and probably many different businesses, specifically entrepreneurship where people are nervous to kind of really get to know their numbers because perhaps subconsciously they're very scared. It's a, it's a unjustified pursuit Perhaps you're trying to make money in horses and you're scared to see proof that really you're just losing money. Um, and I do think that happens in a lot of businesses. It's happened at times in mine too. And people just have to understand that that, you know, self-employment is a journey. And the best thing that you can do is actually know those numbers. It's been the best thing for me 
And that's kind of exactly what you're saying is, you know, you really have to, even if it's just simple steps, take them because you're going to look back and recognize it was the best thing you could have done for your business in, in the long run. Um, is there any taboo topics involving equestrian finances that you wish were talked about more? I think we covered a little bit about specifically pricing. Um, I think that we've had conversations around others. I'm just trying to wrap my brain about what those were, but if you have any that you wanted to bring to the table episode today. Yeah, I think one to touch on is um, it's okay to not be struggling financially. So if you are in the part of your business where, you know, you look at your numbers and you're sinking, great. That is a great spot to be going from. We get to realize what we are doing in our business isn't working. We're not failing. We just need to adjust what we're doing. Um, we can figure out what it takes to not struggle. Um, we are equestrians where we're used to being hard workers. We're used to continuing to push through pain to make it to the end of the day. Um, but when it comes to businesses and our finances, we don't need to have some kind of shame because we are profitable. Um, Oftentimes I talk about profit within my business, um, but also to like my audience and I get comments back of, Ooh, but is there really profit in businesses in the equestrian world? Or where is this profit you're talking about? Um, it comes down to the point where we get to choose. We don't want to struggle anymore. Uh, we get to be able to be financially stable. Uh, and that is by choosing profit. We get to make sure there is profit margin on each and every single service or product that we have. Um, so if you are an equestrian entrepreneur, do know you do not need to struggle. Um, it's okay if you are struggling, but you can take this moment to take steps towards not having that struggle. I love that. I love that so much um, because I do think it's, just ingrained in the equestrian culture um, with people. Like, well, if you are only working three or four days a week and you're generating a ridiculously good revenue and you have time to enjoy your life, are you really an equestrian entrepreneur? <laughs> Are you really a trainer or coach? And that's, you know, again, back to why I started this podcast, because I lost, I completely and have many times lost my entire self in my business, my entire identity, what I even like to do, lost my passion for riding for horses, for everything that I once got into it for. It has happened on multiple occasions. I have made so many mistakes. But I started it to talk to people to see what they were doing. And I noticed that the same themes kind of run true for a lot of equestrian professionals is they still believe that that's kind of what it looks like. And not everyone can survive that. And not everyone can sacrifice their entire life to do it. So I wanted to find out if there were other ways that people were structuring their own businesses that would allow for also like lucrative profitability and working with horses. I don't think there should be shame around that. I think it's actually impressive if you can do that in this industry. And 
I mean, that's how we came to, to meet this entire couple of eight months of last eight months of my life. I've met so many different entrepreneurs doing really interesting things that I think everybody listening can learn, learn from. So I, I appreciate all your tips and your advice because for everyone listening, if this is something that you're interested in doing, you don't have to do it one way. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, and then there's a lot of different things that you can learn too, especially even just from something like this. I know that when we had our appointment, our first time we actually talked, I was like, you don't understand how pivotal this would have been if I had it at the beginning when I started my business. And it really changed the way that I was thinking about things. So I appreciate that and what you're doing for our industry, because I think that we need more light shed on these areas. So thank you so much for, the, for your time and and all of your advice. Thank you for having me to talk about this. Um, I am just a, a horse girl that wants to help our industry. The industry raised me. Um, and if I can help give back to it, that allows me to be happy. Okay, that is everything for today's episode. I hope you guys loved it. If you did, Make sure you reach out to Krista and let her know. And of course, she's available for professional services. If you do have an equestrian business, you can reach out to her directly. And for me, any feedback on the podcast at Spring and Act. But I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit more information about the webinar that we're doing on March 12th, the CFO Clinic. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see you guys there. If you visit the website, www.equestrianentrepreneur.ca. You will see much more information and you can always reach out to either of us to ask more questions, but here's a little bit more of that. So I started this podcast in 2020. I can't believe it's going to be almost two years that I've been doing this. Really my own selfish endeavor because I wanted to talk to equestrian professionals, business owners, mostly equestrian entrepreneurs that were doing something along the lines that I was, because I was interested to know how everyone was actually doing it, making money and having a life because I felt like I just couldn't find that balance. And I was struggling and have consistently in my business to have profit and also have balance in my business and not feel burnt out around horses and what I was doing that initially started as my passion and then of course grew into what is now my business. So that has been a journey. I have had some amazing guests on the podcast that have talked about their experiences and journeys growing businesses within the industry. And I've learned that there's a lot of recurring themes. People struggle in the same areas. And I know that if you are an equestrian entrepreneur or a person who is aspiring to be one, that you probably have the same challenges. So I'm so excited because Krista Myers and I are going to be bringing a virtual summit to you guys where we're going to cover business finances, foundations, and also marketing and branding in the equestrian community that will help you build a profitable business in this industry and support your dreams in the horse world still. We don't have to sacrifice all of our boundaries. We don't have to sacrifice our bodies. We don't have to sacrifice our bank accounts. I had such a hard time building my business and recognized in through meeting Krista that I really needed to look at my numbers. I didn't want to because I was $60,000 in debt for many years and 
This past year, I finally hit a bunch of milestones, including paying off that debt, generating revenue over $100,000. I work three, four days a week. It's amazing. And I'm tired of hearing that if you don't work 24-7, seven days a week, that you are not successful in this industry. Krista and I have exactly the same mission when we're talking about equestrians in this space. I have learned that she wants to do the exact same thing and teach you guys that are listening how to build your own business that's actually going to support you in your life and your goals financially and also personally. So in this summit, I'm going to cover some of the things that are my specialty around marketing and branding, networking, how to build an audience, and also how to attract your ideal customers. Be able to choose who you want to work with and not racing to the bottom and picking up people just because you need them for your business. It is so important. I want to reset your money mindset and teach you all the things that I have learned over the last year around money in the horse world and also, of course, within your business. And Krista really compliments that because she has all of the tangibles when it comes to your business finances. And lastly, I'm going to help you identify your own unique brand because at the end of the day, people are really interested in the person behind the business. What do you offer? A lot of us are doing the same exact thing in this industry. What makes you different? I'm going to help you figure that out. So I'm going to let Krista take it away and talk about what she's going to bring to this summit where you guys can learn how to financially grow your business and also set yourself up for success. Thanks, Jess. Um, I've been working in my own business the last year uh, with a really big focus on equestrian entrepreneurs. I have come across a lot of people who have burnt themselves out in the industry. Um, and I can really relate that to that, uh, not on a professional level, but a few years ago, I hit a wall and I ended up walking away from our industry. I lost a horse to colic and then went on and pushed myself through a show season that hit a lot of my dreams off of the list, but had me wanting to run away from horses, um, which I spent my entire life running to horses. My mission is always going to be trying to make an impact on the industry that raised me. I want the industry to continue to build strong equestrians and to build strong equestrian entrepreneurs. If we can even allow them to break less this is how we're going to do it. And so Jess and I are holding this virtual summit to help equestrian entrepreneurs distinguish themselves because at the end of the day, this hobbyist approach is chipping away at our profit. In this virtual summit, I will be going over topics such as building a financial foundation so that you have a concrete support in your finances to allow you to make money in horses handle the money that you're making in horses and to continue increasing the amount of money you make in horses without continuing to take more energy. We want a strong financial foundation so that we can continue to grow in the horse industry. We want to focus on profit and we're going to go over strategies to make sure there's profit margins on every single one of your services and products that you offer within your business. Because as a business owner, we need to stop giving our services and our products away for free. Free does not allow you to spend more time with your horse. Free does not allow you to go after your dreams in the horse industry. Free is not going to allow you 
to stop struggling to pay those bills. And then we're going to take all of this information that I'm going to be giving and learn how to leverage our numbers to grow. We are marketing from what our books are telling us because at the end of the day, if we keep complete and consistent books, our books will tell us which services are doing incredible, where we are overspending. I'm going to help you create a strong and stable business within the financial side of things, and which allows you to complement your marketing and your branding strategy. Yes. And if you guys are equestrian entrepreneurs who either have businesses or you're interested in starting a business in the equestrian industry, this virtual summit is going to cover all the topics that you need to know about when you are at those basic foundational areas of your business, whether you have one that you need to integrate these into or you're building one from the ground up, we're kind of targeting any equestrian entrepreneur that wants to transform their business to actually support their lives and their personal self while working within their passion. Because I know Krista and I have had many conversations around losing ourselves in the industry, losing our identity. And this is going to help you create a business that complements and creates freedom in your life so you can always enjoy your passion outside of work. If you guys are interested in this, I will leave all of the information in the show notes. You can visit www.equestrianentrepreneur.ca. And of course, you can always contact Krista or I to ask questions. We're available to you. Make sure you reach out. I'm at Springina and Krista is at Books with Krista on Instagram. I'm so excited. We are so looking forward to seeing you guys there.